one time. Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Mike Stafford. It is Tuesday, March the 21st. All right, let's get it. March Madness has been just that. Madness, people. NFL free agency has really heated up, but first. We have three weeks left in the NBA playoffs or going to the NBA playoffs right now. And also, what are the MVP sections looking like with Embiid? Giannis and Jokic. We got an interview with Dr. Stacy Willis coming up a little bit later. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in, blacking out. I should be back, getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rat to the death of it. To everybody, come on, little this grown hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Ship from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chasing street sweepers and coppers. Kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, with doubt, this is what Nas is about. The time is now. already we outside we outside actually no we're not southern california it's been raining they've been lying to us about it never rains yes it does like all the doggone time now it is constantly raining in southern california people i swear but inches of inches of snow rain almost every day my daughter ain't had a soccer match in almost two weeks people come on man what's going on out here in these streets boo Boo, 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 the food to you. Man, it's raining all the time out here in Southern California. I, I did not move out here for this. Now, a lot of y'all say, Mike, you were born in Compton. That's besides the point. If I were to move out here, I would not have moved out here for this. This is ridiculous. I feel sorry for people who, who moved out here listening to Tony, Tony, Tony back in the 90s. Talk about it, it never rains. It always raining. But I digress. Looking at these uh, brackets. Bracket busting now with all the transfer portals and 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 um the one and done situation. I'm telling you, you need to get rid of the one and done. It's useless. I mean, Kentucky had its time, but now you got people because of the Brandon Jennings of the world who now they say, oh, I could go play overseas. I can make money, and because of a uh, uh, big baller never lost, he made sure where the D League or the G League, whatever the hell you want to call them now, and start paying people six figures. So the top 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 people most of the time are not going to the colleges. So now what the colleges do, they came out with the NIL. And the NIL helped them to say, for, for your player likeness, thanks to the um, Ed O'Bannon and Charles O'Bannon of the world, UCLA brother, when I hadn't fought for years to sue for their likeness, just so they could go ahead and get monetized and paid by whatever entity based on their likeness. Now you got the Bronny James, got a Beats by Dre, or whatever, it's Beats Mobile now, and Dre doesn't have it. But anyways, they have the Beats he has, he has uh, over a million dollars compensated on that, and he's already going to be signed to Nike at a high school. So this is cool stuff. But all that to say, now it levels the playing field when it comes to college basketball. Players going to go where they want to go. If they don't feel like they're getting proper treatment, they can, they can do the portal, which is actually more prevalent in football because they make you play at least three seasons um, with them, whereas in basketball, you're one and done. All right. But all that said... We have some bracket busting. Some bracket busting. I think the biggest one was Princeton over Arizona in the first 
round. They went ahead and smacked them boys all up. Arizona got beaten the first round, 59 to 55. Nobody had that. I don't care who you... I think they said after the first round, there was less than 1% perfect brackets left, which means nobody really had Princeton. Nobody had Princeton. You had to make fill out 30 brackets and say, oh, I got Princeton beating Arizona in the first round. Another huge upset was FDU beating Purdue in the first round. How many times is a 16 seed beating one seed? I mean, it just doesn't happen. And then FDU, I'm sorry, no, they didn't do it again. So regardless, Memphis lost FAU. That's another upset. Um, what's the other upset that we had? We had, I lost track of the upset. We had quite a few of them. Um, Farnham over Virginia, that was another one. But Virginia, we're used to seeing that from them. So was it really an upset is the question that we all have. Um, another upset we had was Auburn beating Iowa. It wasn't a huge upset. It was an upset nonetheless. Xavier beating Iowa State. Very low score game, 59 to 41. Xavier beat them, and then they went ahead and beat. Um, well, actually, I wasn't an upset as much as it was just them not showing up. And then we had, well, Texas was supposed to beat Colgate. So in the end, we got a lot of things that happened in the first round. Um, we have the Sweet 16 set up. We have some other matches that went. I would say not pleasantly, but went almost chalk, right? So when we look at the brackets for the men first, because the women, um, they're a day behind. For the men first, so they start, Sweet 16 starts on Thursday, March 23rd. First game on TBS at 3.30 Pacific time, Kansas State versus Michigan State. That's going to be a good one. And then the game number three, I'm sorry, game number two with number four, UConn versus Arkansas. That's that 4-15 on CBS, UConn versus Arkansas. Then you have another number four seed, the Tennessee Vols versus Florida Atlantic, number nine seed. They play at 6 p.m. on TBS. That's following right after the Kansas State-Michigan State game. Then for our nightcap, number two overall seed, UCLA, the Bruins against the Zags, number two versus number three. That's the best matchup. That's the nightcap. That's at 6.45 p.m. on CBS. That is following the UConn-Arkansas game. Friday, March 24th, more of the Sweet 16. Number one, Alabama versus number five, San Diego State. I did not have that in my brackets. That's that's 3.30 p.m. on TBS. Then you had number one, Houston versus number five, Miami. That's going to be at... 415 on CBS. Number six, Creighton versus number 15, Princeton. I can't believe I am saying this. That makes zero sense. Creighton versus Princeton. Who had Creighton go against Princeton in the Sweet 16? Nobody. That's going to be 6 p.m. on TBS following the Alabama-San Diego State game. And then for the nightcap, Texas, Longhorns versus Xavier. Two versus three seed. That's a good one. Go ahead and watch that one. So the, the, the nightcaps are all really good games. Um, it's hard to predict because these things are wide open, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and predict the Sweet 16. I have, let me go back to my uh, brackets. It's easier for me to see. All right, all right. Alabama versus San Diego State. I think San Diego State can win, but they won't. I believe these are all going on in Vegas, by the way. I have Alabama moving ahead. And then Creighton versus Princeton. Why not? Princeton. For the win, beat Creighton. All right. So that's going to be our Elite Eight. I got Alabama versus Princeton. All right. 
rolling down. FAU versus Tennessee. I got FAU beating Tennessee. Why not? And then I have Kansas State versus Michigan State. Kansas State been balling. Their defense and their deep shooting has actually been pretty impressive. Um, never bet against Coach Izzo, though. So I'm going to go with Michigan State to beat Kansas State. All right. Other side of the bracket. Xavier versus, I'm sorry, Houston versus Miami. I'm going with Houston. Nope, nope. I, I might have them winning it all, but I'm going to go for Houston right, right now. The way they've been playing has been very impressive. Just beating down people left and right. Double digits every game. So I got them winning. Xavier versus Texas Longhorns. I'm going to go with Texas. I'm going to go with Texas. I'm going to go with Chalk. All right? So let's go down. Arkansas versus UConn. Razorbacks. Ooh, versus UConn. Mm. Why did I not see that in the other rundown for the other games? I don't know how I missed that one. Hmm. Anyway, Xavier versus UConn. I got uh, Razorbacks barely getting out. But they did blow out Howard. They're supposed to blow out Howard. Uh, UConn. It'll be down on St. Mary's, who St. Mary's actually had a good first round. So I'm gonna go with UConn. I'm gonna go with UConn beating Arkansas. They got they seem like a little stronger right now. And the Zags versus UCLA. Um, I, I think the Zags just punch, just punched one too many times. I think UCLA has more battle tested right now. Um, so I'm gonna go with UCLA over the Zags. So then I got uh an Elite Eight UCLA versus UConn and uh Texas versus Houston. That's gonna be tough. That whole bracket on that side is is really, 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 really tough. All right, so we go over to the women's. Let's go over to the women's bracket real quick. All right, a lot of things happening there. Games are still going on as we're recording this space. Uh, but South Carolina is not disappointing. I have them going all the way in my bracket. I think one of my brackets in my bracketology, my best bracket, has UCLA winning it all. So go figure. And I did two brackets for the men. I had one with... Um, I had Alabama winning and I had another one with UCLA winning. Um, I don't, I think the UCLA bracket maybe was better. Showing is better, 88%. And then for the women's, I have um, South Carolina winning it all with my coach Staley in there. But then my favorite coach, Sydney Carter, she's gone, people. Oh no, she is gone. <sighs> my favorite coach. All you gotta do is go to her IG and find her, Sydney Carter, the new coach Carter. I think she's like the athletics director right now or for strength and conditioning, whatever. But she used to be the head coach over at Texas AM. She's an alumni, Texas AM. Sydney Carter. Mm, just call her Coach Pink Pan. Mm-mm-mm. That is my favorite. Yes, Cerritos. So, anyway, she's gone. They got eliminated. But uh, I got South Carolina beating South Florida, which they already have done that. My bad. Um, UCLA versus Oklahoma. That's going to be really good. That game is, should be going on as we speak. By the time this airs, this will already pushed through. So when I look at everything, I see UCLA moving on to be to play South Carolina. I don't know what's going to happen there. But um, I just feel like no one's going to be strong enough to beat them. Maybe LSU, if LSU can get there, maybe LSU can beat South Carolina. But I just think um, Coach Don Staley is just too much. Stanford getting upset by Ole Miss. That was something. Um, never been a fan of – well, I've never known much of the Drake uh, – I'm sorry, the Duke – female uh, team so uh, but it's been really interesting I, like I said before with all the different player empowerment and movement it's very difficult to see who's going to go where alright let's get to where we want to get to looking at the scope of everything right now in the league right now as it sits the Bucks number one in the NBA only losing 20 games and I told y'all this getting Jay Crowder was the nail in the coffin to me if the Bucks are healthy you're not beating them you're just not going to beat Giannis 
Drew Holiday. Now Middleton's getting healthy. So Giannis and Middleton both getting healthy. Brooke Lopez being a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year and Splash Mountain shooting like 40% from three as a seven-foot-one center. So you're going five wide. Giannis being confident in his shot, shooting close to 30% from three, which isn't great. But in the clutch, it's proven that he can make free throws at a higher clip than Anthony Davis. That's a whole other topic for another day. But when we look at everything, the totality, what they have, Jake Crowder was that missing link. I think they could have won it without Jake Crowder, but the way the league is trying to catch up with the Celtics and, and the 76ers, and I don't believe the Celtics are even uh, 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 representing the East Coast if Middleton is healthy. I feel like the, the Bucks right now will be back-to-back champions if Middleton was healthy. So now you're talking about Middleton is healthy and you add Jake Crowder and other players. He's not the only one. He's just the main one I'm highlighting right now. And I'm not even a big Jake Crowder fan, but I just know he fits what they're trying to do there. He's better than P.J. Tucker, who they won it with a couple of seasons ago. He's better than him. Better defensively, better offensively. Period. So I don't see what they're going to do there. But when I look at everything else, I look at Joel Embiid pushing for that number one seed. I feel like if they get the number one seed, they have a better chance. But if the Bucs can hold on to the number one seed, I think they're going to win it all. And it really is a three-team race. Like, everyone else is irrelevant. I don't care about the Heat. Right now, the Heat are looking like they're going to make it into the play-in scenario. They're not far out of the uh, uh, playoff scenario. The Nets right now aren't doing that great after that trade. They free-falled from third all the way down to now six, And they're only a game out of the play-in scenario. Everyone else is, it's, they're all playing for playing right now. Um, I feel like the way it's going to be is how it's going to be. The top 10 are going to stay exactly in these positions. I don't see a change between, maybe the Celtics and the Sixers can switch that off, but I feel like the Bucks are going to be number one. Celtics and Sixers going to be fall, um, fighting for that second seed. The Cavs, to me, are locked in at the fourth. The Knicks, to me, are locked in at the fifth. And then it's going to be a battle for that final um, playoff spot between the Nets and the Heat. That's it. The Hawks going to stay where the Hawks are. The Raptors are going to stay where the Raptors are, and the Bulls are going to stay where the Bulls are. And that's it. That's that's your playoff scenario right there. There's not a lot of intrigue in the East. Now we move to the West. West is the best. The Nuggets have been teetering, and they still have a four-game lead over the next coming team, over the second and third seed, Kings and Grizzly. There's going to be a fight for that final, for that second seed right there between the Kings and Grizzly. Now, the question is, do you really want to fight for that second seed? We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Suns, comfortably there in the fourth seed. Got a half game on the Clippers. The Clippers can actually can contest and get that one. I think they actually might get that because the Suns won't have KD for a little bit. And the Clippers are surging high, winning five of their last six games. They finally figured it out. The one game they lost, Rusbeck had a best bad game, but Kawhi didn't play because it was a back-to-back scenario. Yes, it was Orlando, but Kawhi didn't play. Kawhi's not missing a game in the playoffs, people. So with, with, with Kawhi playing, starting, and Russ playing less minutes, not playing closing minutes, having more of that Terrence Mann and Eric Gordon out there. The Clippers are pretty much almost undefeated. And they're play- they had a rough, they had a rough schedule and they were winning. So hey, the Mavericks right there in the sixth spot in that final playoff spot. Only a half game on the Warriors. And only a game up on the Thunder. And then the Timberwolves and the Lakers and then the Jazz and then the Pelicans. This is the thing. Pelicans are in a 12th seed. Right now, it's like the Trailblazers are not eliminated from playoff contention. They might as well be. They lost six straight. They lost six straight. And they're talking about shutting Dame down. They lose another game, Dame shutting down. They're too far out of it. From the from the play-in, they're, what, three and a half games out? With about 10 games left? Yeah, they're done. 
it's, it's, it's not happening. They, they play 71 games. They have 11 games left, and they're about three and a half out. I don't see it happening. Their schedule is not that compelling. It's not good for them. Let's go over the different schedules. All right. First off, we got the Lakers. You know what? I'm going to start with my Lakers. I don't even want to talk about AD. He cost me a chance at the championship in my fantasy league. Cost me. Because he had five turnovers and only got 15 points. I lost by 1.5 points. All I needed was AD to do AD. All AD had to do was score about 20 points, 20, 25 points, and give me about 10, 12 rebounds and cut the turnovers because he's not usually a turnover machine, maybe two turnovers. I easily win. <laughs> Man, I don't want it. Oh, God. And it's not funny. I didn't press the laugh button for a reason. So when we look back at the last, what, five games the Lakers have played. Last five games. Other night against the Magic, they win because of the awesome play of Austin Reeves. You got to go ahead and give him that contract extension. They say he's looking for four-year 50. Give it to him now. The problem is he's a restricted free agent. So anybody can offer him a crazy offer sheet. I can see the Kings used to always do that to the Lakers. They'll offer somebody something stupid. The Lakers just can't match. And I can easily see that happening. Maybe some of a team like Utah. I can see Utah doing that. They took, uh, what's the name from us? So No, we traded, but still. Anyways, then they lost to the Mavericks with that Cleaver shot. Once again, that was on AD. They didn't play AD in the back-to-back. Lost to the Rockets. Beat the Pelicans. They were up by like 40 points, and they ended up winning that game by 15. And they lost to the Knicks. So if you really do the math on it, one, two, three, four, five. Lakers are what, two and three out of the last five? Yeah, that's not going to get it done. So they're teetering right now in their last five. What's their next five? Next five is the Suns at home. Okay, but it's still the Suns. Then they play the Thunder, who are outplaying them right now at home, which is great. They play the Bulls, who Patrick Beverly has circled that game as a revenge game. It's at home, but we'll see what happens. Then they play the Bulls again on the road. Okay, so you have one, two, three, four. And then the last game is the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road. It's the Timberwolves. Timberwolves always step up for the Lakers. How many games of those can they win? You can't even count them in or out anymore. What game does LeBron come back? Does LeBron come back against the Warriors, against the Bulls at home, or does he go against the Bulls on the road? Who knows? Does he come back? He, he doesn't come back on a road trip. If he's coming back, is he going to come back at the beginning of the road trip against the Bulls or right before the road trip? We don't know, but he's coming back sooner than later. Hopefully, he can turn this thing around because they got to win pretty much all of these now. Now, we look at the Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. We know that our boy over there in um, Ant. The Ant-Man got hurt, and that changes everything. And that is the reason I believe they're going to free fall out of it. So when I look at the last, what, five games, they beat the Knicks, which is good without Ant-Man, but they lost to the Raptors, got beat by the Bulls badly, lost to the Celtics, and they beat the Hawks. So out of their last five games, they've won. They also went two out of five just like the Lakers. Lakers lost to them, which is why they couldn't make any ground up against them. They couldn't make ground up against them. They lost two out of the last five games. Lakers couldn't make a ground. They didn't do it. Now, the next five games, they have the Hawks at home. Never know. They have the Warriors on the road. They lost. Warriors at home are good. Then they have the Kings on the road. They're going to lose. Kings at home are good. Like the beam. Then they have the Suns on the road. They're probably going to lose that game, too. And then they have the Lakers at home. Lakers have to win that game. That's a that's a one game difference right there. So if you look at the next five games, they might be one and four easily, or two and five again if they beat the Lakers. Lakers have to beat them. It's, it's, it's non-negotiable because right now that's their that's their ticket. That's their ticket to move up. It's the Timberwolves because they don't have Anthony um, Edwards and LeBron should be coming back. 
Let me go to the Grizzlies. Grizzlies right now have John Morant has been released back into the public. He's going to ramp up to come back and play. He showed up at the game just last night um, as the Grizzlies take on the Mavericks in a close game. We'll know by the next time this plays how did that went. So, we go with the Grizzlies' last five games. We have one, two, three, four, five. They, I'm sorry, this is the Mavericks. My bad, I said the Grizzlies. It's the Mavericks. The Mavericks, the next five games. All right. One, two, three. They beat the Lakers, like we said, buzzer beater. They beat down the Spurs. They got beat by the Grizzlies. They got beat by the Grizzlies again. And then they got beat by the Pelicans. So if you look at their last five games, one, two, three, four, five. They are also two out of five. Well, the problem is they beat the Lakers. See, the Lakers <laughs> shoot yourself. Up. These guys are all losing, and then they're, but they're beating you. It's just ridiculous, and you still have the same thing. Now, we'll go with the Clippers. The Clippers, out of the last five games, one, two, three, four, five. Right here. They beat the Trailblazers. The Magics beat them. We told you about that. Then they beat the Warriors. Beat the Knicks, beat the Raptors. Four of their last five. Won them. And right before that, beat the Grizzlies. So they're doing their job. They're gonna move up. They're they're pretty much locked in. Now we look at the Warriors. Last five games. One, two, three, four, five. Warriors beat the Bucks at home. Warriors beat the Suns at home. They lost to the Clippers on the road, lost to the Hawks on the road, lost to the Grizzlies on the road. Predictable. They're three out of three out of five in the last five games. Pretty good, but they lost. They won their home games, lost their road games. That's crazy. Never seen a team do that, especially not a defending championship team. Let me finally go with the Suns. One, two, three, four, five. They lost to the Kings, lost to the Warriors, lost to the Bucks, beat the Magic, lost to the Thunder. One out of the last five. So the Suns are free falling. So when you look at the whole picture, right? It shows the probability scale. Scale. Lakers right now on the 10th seed. They have a 31% chance of not making the playoffs. A 60% chance of getting at least a 10th seed and a 50% chance of getting the 9th seed. Now, the thing is, they have an 8% chance of getting to the 6th seed and getting to the playoffs. 8% at this point. 8%. And they don't even control their own destiny because they kept losing all those games in the last couple of weeks. They don't control their own destiny. They only control the, the, the best they can do on their own by just winning their games and, and, and not worrying about anyone else is winning the ninth seed. That's the best. Ninth. Everything else, they don't. They need more help. They've gotten enough help, they didn't take advantage of it. If they at least went four for five out of the last five games, boom, they'll be right there in the seventh, maybe even sixth seed. But because they didn't, they have an 8% chance of getting that. They have a 1% chance of getting a fourth seed. And then once again, they don't control their own destiny. That's what's going on with your Lakers right now. And that's unfortunate. But that's the tell of the tape. As we look at it right now, um, teams ahead of them. You have the Timberwolves. Well, I feel like going to fall out of it altogether. I feel like the Pelicans are going to jump up. I know it says right here the Pelicans have a 50% chance of making the playoffs right now. It all comes down to Zion. They have a 12% chance of getting that ninth seed. So the only team below the Lakers are the Jazz have 11% chance of getting the eighth seed. And they control their own destiny. So that's the difference and the nuance of all this. The Thunder have a 9% chance of actually getting a 6 seed, and they control their own destiny. If the Thunder just ramp it up and just went out, they could get the 6 seed. This is crazy. 
The Warriors have a 17% chance of getting the sixth seed, the final playoff seed. And they don't even control their own destiny anymore. But guess who does? The Mavericks. 20% chance of getting the sixth seed. That's insane. 6% chance of not making the playoffs. So the same, by the numbers said the Mavericks are at least going to make the playoffs. And they have a higher chance of getting a sixth seed than anything else. They have a 7% chance of getting the 10th seed. So the probability is showing that they're going to end up with the sixth seed. Can you believe that? I don't believe that. I feel like the Pelicans are going to make it in. I feel like the Timberwolves are going to make it out. And I think that's the only difference. I think the Jazz don't make it. I think the Pelicans make it in and the Timberwolves fall out. And then that's your top 10 team. And I actually feel like the Lakers are going to end up with the ninth seed. I think that's it. They're going to be at home for the first round in the first playing game against the Pelicans. That's that's 9 and 10, Lakers versus Pelicans. I feel like that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And um, God help them, because if they lose that game, they're done. <laughs> the 9-10, whoever wins has a chance to now fight for eight. So that's how it works. In the playing scenario, I'll go over one more time before we get up out of here, and we're going to talk a little bit about some football. In the playing scenario, the playoffs, top six teams are in. They're locked in. In the playing scenario, you have the 7, 8, 9, 10. 7 and 8 play each other. Whoever wins that game gets the seventh seed. The loser plays the winner of the 9 and 10. So the 9 and 10 seed play. But of course, the 9 seed, being the higher seed, has a home court. Whoever loses that game, even though the 10 seed is the 10 seed, they can then beat the 9 seed and knock them out of the playoff scenario. So the Lakers end up, if you end up in the 9 and 10, Lakers, you're a one and done. You're a round robin, but you have two chances to get in. Guess what? So now the Lakers play the Pelicans, as I predict. Let's say the Lakers win. They still have to play again and play the loser of seven and eight. And I predicted the seven and eight seed would be um, the 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 Warriors and who else? And the Thunder. So I feel like the Warriors will beat the Thunder and the Warriors will get into that seventh seed. So now you're playing the Thunder, who play you very well. So you guys are now fighting for the eighth and final spot in the playoffs. So let's just say the Lakers win. Lakers get the eighth seed. What does that mean? With LeBron coming back, with the team all filling out, and the roster is kind of, and, and the rotation is kind of getting there, the Lakers match up very well against the Denver Nuggets. And then you have the Warriors, who are going to be facing most likely the Memphis Grizzly in the first round. Because now that job's coming back, they're going to go back and take that second spot back for the Kings. That's what we want. That's good theater. AD plays very well against Jokic. He just does. The Lakers match up very well. You have Bando going to be out there guarding Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Whoever's hot, Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon don't need to defend him that much of the perimeter, so put Bando on him. Then you have Rui come off the bench. You already see what Reeves can do. All you need is D'Lo to have a good night. Every game that D'Lo plays well, Lakers win. And who's guarding LeBron in the clutch? The Lakers getting an eighth seed is dangerous. The only thing I don't like about them going the ninth or tenth or whatever seed is they could lose one game and they're done. They lose a game. They got to be perfect. They got to win both games. They lose a game, they're done. That's the problem. If you're seventh and eight, you can lose a game. You just got to win one. 
Win one, you're in. Seventh or eight, win one game, you're in. Either you're the seventh or the eighth seed. Just win one game. If you're ninth and tenth, you got to win both. Lose one, you're out. That's the problem of being the ninth and tenth. So my point is, I feel like the Lakers are going to end up with the ninth seed and end up in the eighth seed overall after they win their play and win two games in the play-in. They play against the Nuggets. I feel like the Lakers are going to upset the Nuggets, if you want to call it that. The Lakers will be the best eighth seed team since the We Believe team. They'll be better than the Nuggets team. They'll be one of the best eight seeds team of all time. Having two Hall of Famers on it and great role players, all-stars, D'Lo being a one-time all-star before. Rui, very underrated, coming off the bench. He's a starter for a lot of teams in this league. So when you look at that, they're going to be probably the best eight seed of all time. So unfair for the Denver Nuggets. So unfair. And then we see the, the drama because the last two seasons, Memphis or Golden State have knocked each other out of the playoffs. Memphis, a couple of seasons ago, knocked Golden State out of the play And then last season, Golden State knocked Memphis out of the playoffs, went on to win the championship. That's going to be great theater. I see the, the Golden State Warriors beating Memphis in the first round, maybe 4-1. And I see the Lakers beating Denver in the first round, 4-2. Two upsets, the seventh and eighth seeds, both that were in the playing scenario, moved up, and a team in the playing scenario has never gone on and, and even won a round. It's never happened. It's going to happen now this season. Stay tuned. All right, real quick in the NFL. Had a lot of moves happening, a lot of, a lot of shaking going on, um, but yet Brett Favre still doesn't have a home, and neither does Lamar Jackson. As many things change, as many things stay the same. And it's heard from several camps that Aaron Rodgers really wants to be with the Jets. For what reason? I don't know. They said he had a wish list. I don't know. They did hire. They did get Lazar. That could be just coincidence. Let's we'll wait and see what happens there. I want to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. He has an interview coming up really soon. It may be collusion. I believe it's collusion on the fact of, of a part of a lot of the owners. But maybe they're just waiting for the end of the um, draft, which is coming up. So at the end of the draft, then we'll really see who's in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. But the pool is drying up because Raiders got Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's going to be interesting to see. And other teams are getting their quarterbacks as well. So there's only so many teams left in that sweepstakes. I hope Lamar Jackson lands somewhere and gets a good starting job. Well, that's it. When we come back, we're going to have the talented, multi-talented, super intelligent, and lovely Dr. Stacy Willis. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. Yeah, mm, yeah, mm. 
right. You already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show was the happy birthday. So let's go. Diggy Simmons. Diggy Simmons turning 28. He's all grownish right now. He's turning 28 this week. In the NBA, Miles Bridges turning 25. Adrian Peterson. That's NFL Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson turns 38 this week. And J.J. Watt, NFL Hall of Famer, turns 34. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Y'all know him from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He turned 61 this week. D.J. Moore in the NFL turns 36. Rosie O'Donnell turns 61 this week. And Heaven Hart, that is Kevin Hart, oldest child. She turns 18. And The Undertaker turns 58 this week. And Charlie Clips for Wildin' Out turns 36. Kyrie Irvin turns 31 this week. And Reese Witherspoon turns 47. Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry. Aisha Curry with the pot. Aisha Curry with the pop. She turns 34 this week. And Constance Wu turns 41. And Randall Park turns 49. They're both from um fresh off the boat t grizzly turns 29 this week and william shatner turns 92 shaka khan shaka khan turns 70 this week and keegan michael key turns 52 gordon hayward in the nba he turns 33 this week and um tommy hilfiger turns 72 from american pie one time at band camp allison hunnigan turns 49 this week and damon hamlin turns 25 we all know him peyton manning turns 47 this week and nevia turns 41. Justice Winslow, he turns 29 this week, and Chris Bosch turns 39. Elton John turns 76 this week, and Big Sean, how big is you? Big Sean turns 35. Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger for the WWE, he turns 41 this week. And Sarah Jessica Parker turns 58, and Kyle Lowry turns 37. Diana Ross, my mom's favorite, she turns 79 this week, and Danica Patrick turns 41. Steven Tyler turns 75 this week, and Von Miller turns 34. Nancy Pelosi turns 83 this week, and Miles Turner and TJ McConnell, both from the Pacers. Miles Turner turns 27, TJ McConnell turns 31. Martin Short turns 73 this week, and Juvenile turns 48. And finally, 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 my cousin, Saban Perazic, he turns 39. We have some honorable mentions. Leonard Nimoy, also from Star Trek with William Shatner, played Mr. Spock, passed away 2005, would have been 92 this week. James Kahn, very famous actor, passed away just last year, 2022, would have been 83 this week. And finally, the godfather, godmother, sorry, godmother of soul, Aretha Franklin, passed away 2018, would have been 81 this week. Week. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Time Is Now. I got here on the line, in the place to be, Dr. Stacy. Willis, what's up, family? Hey, how you doing? Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 pew. I'm blessed and highly favored. Good to get you on the line. Thank you for coming on the show. For sure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And those who haven't listened to, this is Dr. Stacy's second time on the show. So we okay. appreciate her coming back for Women's Heritage Month and finish us, finish us off strong. So I appreciate you coming on again, my sister. My pleasure. All right. So, Doc. Yes. You are a woman of many facets. You, <laughs> I mean, you you cover a lot of different things. You are not only um, the mother of three lovely yeah. children. Um, Thank you. Uh, a wife. 
mm-hmm. or a very successful man who who who's also has his hands on so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are you a uh, a doctor, if I remember correctly. Yes, correct, correct. You're, you're also a, a, a flourishing realtor as well, who's going to be eventually be have her own um, brokerage company. Correct. That is correct. That is correct. I mean, how do you? Balance. <laughs> left off a couple of things. I left off a couple oh, of things. My. Oh, oh, wait. I, what, what did I forget? I left off a couple of things. Oh, you're, aren't you? Aren't you a professor? So I, I am a dean. Yes, a dean. Um, yes. Um, and you know, I'm also a therapist. So my doctor. I did not know. I forgot. Yes. I forgot. That's what. That's what. The, that's what the uh, the the, the yes. doctorate's for. Yes. My bad. I am and so sorry. And my latest venture. I okay. am also um, a content creator for YouTube. So I. I did not know that. A, yep. I also have a YouTube channel called The Doctor's Orders, and um, my show is The Wednesday Wind Down. Wind Down Wednesday. So I cover multiple topics. Multiple. I do product reviews. Talk about self-care time management a lot of different life skills but yes i'm also a content creator wait a minute so okay hold on so <laughs> before we continue share okay. that link or share that where can they find that let's slow it down and give it to the people all right so uh, my channel is the doctor's orders um and you can hit or at dr stacy willis um and my channel should pop up and be sure to subscribe it's absolutely free it takes you a millisecond and i love to have you join me um, for the Wednesday wind downs. Okay, so when you say doctors, are you spelling out doctors? Or you just dr. Uh huh. D. I spell it out. So the doctors okay. orders D O C O T O R apostrophe S orders. Got it. All right. And when they're looking for Doctor Stacy Willis, how do how do you make sure they know how to spell your name, Stacy? Like. Yep. S T A C E Y. So it'll be at D R S T A C E Y Willis W I L L I S. I'm I'm about to subscribe right now, man. Yay, thank I you. I did not know we gotta support each other, man. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> the wine down. Is yes. there be wine served? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> so there's always there's always a different wine that I am sipping on, and I invite you to you know get whatever beverage of choice you want, and we're just relaxing. We're kind of like halfway through the week, and we're talking about different topics. So I'm doing product reviews. I know a lot of the ladies are into purses and bags, so you know I, I pull out the Louis Vuittons and I do um, <laughs> some product reviews, but I also am hitting on different life skills, you know, just talking about time management, self-care, you know, just how to manage, you know, life just in general. I give college tips to, you know, students or people that are thinking about coming back to school, um, et cetera. So there's a lot of content on there. And, you know, like I said, I drop a new video every single week. I love it. Uh, yeah. and, and are these are these live casts or these are um, uploaded videos? So I, I pre-record them. So I record gotcha. them. Um, but some of them, like you can, it's Wednesday and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just doing it right then and there. I haven't went live yet to have, you know, my audience kind of interact. Interact, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, they're dropping comments or, you know, asking me questions, exact, you know, and then I come back and answer them. But yeah, we have a lot of fun. So hopefully uh, you subscribe and, and, and some of your listeners as well. I can dig it. That's what I'm talking about. You and you've been, you've inspired me to finally get off. I've been putting this off for over a year uh-huh. of going video, and people say really? they want to see your face. I said I don't have confidence in my face. Yes, come yet. on, come it on. It is yeah, like man. Do. They said you got the used to. These are men. These are men and women. I, and yeah. you know, when you become a certain age, fellas. It's okay to tell another man that he looks like he's handsome, right? <laughs> you know, like 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 Dr. Stacy, 
You, of course, are beautiful, but your husband, you have a beautiful husband and y'all made beautiful babies. You know, sometimes people could be some (laughs) sometimes. Hey, listen. Not everybody can be sometimes is somebody's not as attractive, another one's attractive, and you just happen. It happens. It happens, <laughs> right? Slice right, Mikey. <laughs> right. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't always, but in, in this occasion, that's not the case. Oh Two beautiful goodness. people who, so who you know, and it's a great thing. And that's a crazy part about it, too. Like yeah. between y'all union, mm-hmm. how long when did when did you meet your future, your current? husband yeah my current husband um we met in 1996 wow yeah in 1996 so high school sweethearts um I was 16 I even have hadn't even had my 17th birthday yet I was 16 and he was 17 and we just celebrated um this past January our 25th um wedding anniversary. Wow. Burn, 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 burn. Yeah, yeah, 25 years, years. in the game. Still got the baddest chick wearing his chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right, B. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. And then um, so so I want to know a little bit more about that. I know y'all met back in high school. How was that introduction? So we met actually through a uh, mutual friend. And so they had went to school together uh, out in Sherman Oaks. And then she moved um, to Carson and went to Carson High School. And then from there, that's kind of where the introduction um, happened right then and there. What was your first date? Um, our first date was the movies. Yep, we went to the movies. Don't ask me what we went to go see. But I was just going to ask. I remember. <laughs> it was probably something corny like Toy Story or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> we, went to the, we went to the movies. That was our, our, our first date. Yeah. I remember back then, I, I, my first time taking someone to on a movie date, we went to go see Enemy of the State with Will Smith. Hey. <laughs> Over there at... Uh, What's good. the name of that place? Uh, Torrance Fashion Center, whatever. Okay. The Del- I'm sorry, Delama Mall. The Delama Mall. Mall. Back okay. when they had a movie theater back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we, we went. We went to the Lakewood Mall. It was the Lakewood Mall. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So, fast forward. Y'all been married 25 years. Uh huh. And and y'all got married pretty early. People were like, "Are you pregnant?" But you was like, "No." Y'all was married yeah. for how many years before you had your first child? We were married six years before we had our first baby. Right, right. Yeah. A lot of so people don't realize the, that. Yeah, that was the that was the ultimate thing. Like she has to be pregnant. Why are they mm-hmm. so so young? But nope, had nothing to do with pregnancy or kids. We were young and in love, and you know we was ready to 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 take that to take that next step and make that commitment. Like I said, we've been married twenty five years. So, um, yeah, awesome. How did that proposal go? Like how like do you know the, the, the? I mean, from your perspective, I know he has his. From your perspective, how did that whole chain of events go? Well, he proposed to me when we were still kids. Like we were like seven, sixteen, and seventeen. <laughs> he was like, "Would you marry me?" I was like, "Seriously?" So yeah, he proposed to me when we were like still like young, young children. Like he's like, "Nah, you gonna be my wife? That's it. That's all." And then, like I said, as we got older, he graduated from high school and I graduated from high school and, you know, we were both in college Mm -hmm. and decided to, like I said, take that leap. You know, we had some, some advice of not to do it. You guys are so young and, you know, finish school first, but you know, this is a decision that the both of us made and we move forward. We move forward. 
That's awesome. And yeah. then 25 years later, they still together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Still Actually, more than 25 years, really 27 years later, they still together. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. 20, almost 30. Ooh, Lord, just a thought. I, and, I, and I was there front center and saw the whole thing. I saw the whole yeah. thing. For a front row. You had a front row to it. I had a front row. I was a little baby boy, but I saw it all, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. So, you know, then you, you went on ahead. As you a mother now, your first child, mm-hmm. baby girl, who's now in college. Yeah. Well, I just learned had a flawless GPA yeah. as a freshman. We as, all know as a freshman, you put on 15 pounds, <laughs> you try to figure it out. No weight gain over here. <laughs> right. How 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 do you feel knowing that as a woman raising a young woman to be successful? And now I went off to college and set, and she's hitting the ground running. How does that make you feel as a mother? You know what? Just so proud. Just so proud of her, you know, it, to see your you, you, the fruit that you bear, right? I know mm. how I raised her. I know how what I instilled in her, you know, at what we expect of her, right? And so it, it's, it's just feels really good to see your kids actually become adults and actually putting these same practices, you know, in, into play. And like you said, the freshman year is typically the hardest, right? You're mm. just... From high school where you have teachers holding your hands and all of these things into this, you know, world where you have to be accountable. And so I'm just so proud of her that she was able to finish it flawlessly. Like I said, with a 4.0 GPA and um, and yeah, and she's not slowing down, you know, and, and we appreciate her for all of her hard work and everything that she's doing. That's amazing. That's amazing. So now you have a total of three children, two more boys when telling all your business right now but i ain't giving up no <laughs> yes two beautiful boys <laughs> yes yeah, so i have um a 14 year old um zion who we are so proud of um just doing an amazing job academically but also um athletically um like i said he's 14 and he's already 6'3 um and and pushing so he hasn't even really hit his growth spurt yet you know what I mean he's still young but just proud of everything that um he's doing and you know I'm a firm believer that he's going to make me an NBA mom so I cannot wait for that day where I'm like courtside at every game just the loudest one in the arena but he he's wonderful and then we started all over um, at, uh, Zion was 10 years old and we had another son. So mm-hmm. I have a four-year-old son as well, um, who was just, you know, absolutely magnificent. Keeps us all on our toes. It's funny. Um, very hilarious, witty, and just so smart. So yeah, those are my three babies. That's the three babies. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. I hope I had a little interruption. Okay. Some people get the memo when I put it on do not disturb. That means do not disturb. Oh. <laughs> Don't call three, four times. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. That's the only way you can. Yeah, it will go right through. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, respect my craft, people. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the NBA son, I know this is Women Heritage Month, but I'm going to give a brief segue since you mentioned my nephew, who's yeah. actually taller than me, the first person in the family. Taller than me. I mean, except 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 for uh, except for Irv, but that's different. He's older, yeah. so yeah, that's you know true. that's different. I can't believe he just passed me up. I won't well, I tell him I can still bench press me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking speaking of Irv and whatnot, we're gonna go a little bit back. I'm gonna back it up a little bit because you have three children, but you are the product. You you are what number and and how many siblings? 
Um, so, so you want the the big version or kind of like the my mom and dad version? I want the mom and dad. We'll branch off to the okay. the auxiliaries later. Okay, got it, got it. So my my parents uh, have five children together, and I am number four. So I have um an older sister. She was the first. Two older brothers. Um, like I said, I and then there's one under me. I have a little sister. Okay, so kind of in the middle, not so much. Um, a middle girl, but you know, was the <laughs> yeah, middle girl, of the family, right? Middle girl, of the family. Even mm-hmm. though there, I have a younger sister, I was still the <laughs> the designated <laughs> princess, and I know she listens to this, she's gonna hate it, but it's the truth. It, it, it's the truth. <laughs> how, how did I was trying to figure that out too? Because I'm like, it's five of y'all. Yeah, you got three girls, two boys. Um, one one's preceded. Rest in peace. Yes. Yes. R.I.P. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I miss him. And they used to, that, that's funny that those three up above used to, ones used to help me pick me up from school and do yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and there was a one period of time when we back it up when we were in high school, mm-hmm. we had somebody on every level. It was me, your little sis, then Muhammad, yeah. and, you, and you and my sister, Mimi. So yeah. all of us at school at the same time, it was like, yeah. what? What's I going to do? We got somebody on every level about to Man. take your head off. <laughs> we, was, we was locked and loaded. We was ready locked and loaded. <laughs> right. Go ahead and leave. Go ahead and leave. Every level covered. Then we got some older, you know what I mean? So don't yeah. don't start that won't be now. We all knew what Eddie Irv gonna do, so you're gonna uh-huh. have a problem. So you know what I mean. <laughs> but that's back- why I really didn't have too much too many issues, you know, growing up in, in school because it was known about my brothers, and you know, yeah. and you know, Eddie pop off in a second. So yeah. I really didn't have any issues. And then you know, my younger sister, even though she was younger than me, yeah, still was like you know, a protector. She had them hands. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, you know, like I said, we was we was well rounded, fully covered. Um, but yeah, love my love my crew. That's for sure. Love them too. Love them too. So how was that growing up in a house? Like when it was five of y'all, when you were growing up, were all five of you at the same time, or like you know, were the oldest ones gone by the time you were coming up? How did that work in that dynamic in the house, being the fourth to five? Yeah, no, we were all there because um, my my sister, the firstborn, she's 10 years older than me. So she was 10 years old when I was born. Um, you know, my parents were, you know, I wouldn't say rich, you know, we never want to say that, but they were well off. You know, my father worked for the California Youth Authority and was the president of that association for a, a very long time. And my mother um, was an RN, you know, so she was she was a nurse. So we were we were good, you know, and, you know, we grew up in a, in a pretty nice um, neighborhood and, you know, had a nice sized home. So it was like, I didn't get my own room until my sister kind of like moved out. So that's how we did it. So she had her own room as the oldest, the boys shared a room and then I shared a room with my, my sister and then my little sister. And then of course my parents. So we were good. We were spaced out. Everybody had their little space. Um, But yeah, it was, it, it was a loving household, you know, my parents were Christians, God fearing, and that's that's how they they raised us. You know what I mean? And um, just so thankful for all their guidance and everything that they did, and to instill in us to make sure that we, you know we were making positive life decisions um, down the road. Perfect. Yeah, man. Um, so when all that occurred growing up, you say you being the princess. Did that set like any, did they, did your parents put any like unsaid pressure on you to become uberly successful or to really just to 
to thrive and succeed or they just kind of back off? How did that how did that work being the quote unquote princess of, yeah. of the household? You know what? I think, first of all, they they instilled, you know, different values and morals within me but gave me enough space to show that they had the confidence in me that I was going to, to, to make it happen. Right. To like, know who my father was, know who my mother was to look at their successes and know that they wanted me to have more than them. They wanted me to do better than them. And I think that confidence that they, they, that they put in me, that, that encouragement, you know, it was nothing that I couldn't do that they were not there cheering me on. I mean, I could double dutch for 30 minutes straight and you know, they're, me on and that just gave me the confidence to know that there was nothing that you know I couldn't achieve in life you know like my dad like I said was a firm believer and just said you know just instilled in in that scripture like I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me not some things not a little bit of things not Mm -hmm. one or two things but I could do all things and that's how I I moved throughout life and like I said they gave me a, a lot of freedom a lot of trust right and I think with that freedom and with that trust that made me not want to let them down right I didn't do a lot of things growing up because of my father you know I didn't say a lot of things growing up because of my father like me and Melita there was so many different incidents that we can kind of look back on and think back on things that our friends were involved in things that our friends were doing but because of our family there was no way that we didn't, we would even step in that direction. So, you know, I think it, it, it being the princess, like it, it didn't necessarily spoil me to think that I could, you know, I, I could run over everybody and just do anything that I wanted to do and just think that I was going to have positive outcomes. But what it did change in me is, is the expectations that I had for my life. And I wanted to make my parents I wanted to see my father smile. I wanted to, you know, see my mother smile and and be a representation of our family and everything that we stood for. Wow. And then, like we said, mentioning your mother, who was an RN. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys have talks growing up? How was your relationship with your mother early on? And then even also later as you became a, a wife and then a mother, how was your overall relationship with your mother and how do you think that uh, impacted who you are today? Well, my mom was a firecracker. I mean, she, <laughs> <laughs> she, she was no nonsense. And, and, you know, and I think that kind of carries over into me, right? Like I, I'm no nonsense, but we had a very good relationship Um, there was nothing that I wanted to do that she would not support. And I think watching my mom, her work ethic, the way she maneuvered through the home, the way she mothered us all differently, but we all got what we needed from her. I think that that was very, very, um, important for me to see, you know, some of the times you don't understand it back when you're younger, like, why are you letting her get away with that? Or why are you letting him do that? And, you know, different things like that, but she gave us all, you know, what we needed. And we were, we were very, very close. Um, I love her. I miss her every single day. It's not a day that, you know, kind of goes by where I'm not missing her, but I just thank her for, for everything that, she she put in me and I know she's looking down and I know she's proud because before she left this earth you know she 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 let me know and I I could see it in her eyes and you know as I move through life right the things that I do like I know Jordan's looking at me I know my daughter's looking at me and I want to to be that same example 
that my mom was for me. And, you know, looking at Jordan, I see who I want to be through her eyes. And I'm sure as my mom looked at me, she saw who she wanted to be through my eyes. And that is that's the motivation that, you know, keeps pushing me forward and propelling me forward through all of these things. People are like, are you tired? Are you? No, I do it for them. I do it for my sons. I do it for my daughter. I do it for my family. And um, I'm just just so happy that, you know, out of all the people I could have been born to, that I was born to them. Mm. And that leads me to my next, um, you know, I know about the girl dad relationship and understanding how that can impact someone and why I go so hard. When you think about your father, you, you mentioned earlier how you wouldn't do a certain thing. You wouldn't cross a certain line because you knew how that would affect your father or how your father will look upon that. Being a being a, a, a daddy's girl, if you will, and the princess yep. of the household. How, how was your relationship with your father and how do you feel as if that relationship has impacted your life? Yeah, I mean, I was, I, listen, I was the apple of his eye. I know I got other sisters <laughs> and I know I got other siblings, but, you know, I, I, I was the apple of his eye and the, the time that he spent with me is, you know, something that I'll be forever grateful for. He was not a hands-off father. He was a very hands-on dad, picking us up from school, taking us out to eat, reading the Bible to us, having Bible study, even when we didn't want to have Bible study, counseling us. And sometimes it was just his presence. Like there were things that he would let my mom talk to us about, but the fact that I know my dad overheard her talking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They want to do right. When boys started calling the house, you know what I mean? Now I'm getting a little cute, right? (laughs) (laughs) My cheeks, I lost all the little baby fat off my cheeks, my hair done, I'm getting a little cute, right? So my listening, having my mom, you know, have the, the talk with me about boys and all of this good. My dad didn't even chime in. He didn't say a word. But the fact that he was there and he was present and I knew he was listening to what she was saying mm-hmm. made me want to do right. Wanted me, made me want to move and carry myself um, in, in, a, in a certain way. And like I said, he I, I had the best dad ever. Like he was, you know, phenomenal. And again, another a loss right that my heart will never never heal from because no one can ever replace your father no one could ever replace your mother but what keeps me pushing through the pain or pushing pushing through missing him are the his legacy what he has left and what he has instilled in me so even though he may be gone from this earth he's still here because i'm still here he's still here because his grandkids are still here and that's and that's what propels me and helps me move and deal with the loss of them but you know i thank god every day for all of the years that i have with them for all of the lovely memories and for just being the type of parent that I want to be. Amen. Um, yeah. Condolences again and rest in peace to Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Campbell. So yeah, yeah man, that, I remember they, they were always great people yeah. to everyone. It was a house full of smiles. Y'all always, y'all had them big old <laughs> smiles in that house. Everybody yeah. had those, those squinted eyes and those big yeah, old smiles. Thank my dad. <laughs> I, I, I thank my dad for my, my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Their eyes and our smiles. You know? The smile. All the Campbell kids. Oh, yeah. You see <laughs> us, the house, you everybody's see smiling. Yeah, we all got that same smile. You see us, you see him. So, like, yeah. I, he's still here. And, yeah, you know, yes. we're forever grateful. Yeah. For, to- That's amazing. Uh, man, so... I will go deeper into um, their coming up, but since we're running short on time, I just want to go forward yeah. and talking about your ventures. We started there. Let's finish there. Okay. Um, first, 
your your what was the first thing like like uh, you have all these different entities what was the first one what was the first thing you started with and why so I knew I wanted to be in the medical field because my mom was in the medical field and my big sister's in the medical field and my brother's in the med. So we, he, she's producing all these nurses. Okay. But I knew that I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to give shots and do all of that, but I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. So initially I thought I wanted to be a respiratory therapist, but you know, after doing research and kind of starting in on the classes, like I didn't want to be that, that person that gets called when there's a cold blue. Right. I didn't want to necessarily be responsible for resuscitating people on a daily basis or you know giving therapy you know uh respiratory treatments or cleaning out trachs so i i started to kind of look around to see like what else could i do and there was a, a wonderful counselor like i said these people matter right going to these counselors and she recommended occupational therapy i had never heard of it like what's an occupational therapy you help people get jobs like i didn't understand <laughs> so, the rehab aspect of it. And so I, I remember going home and asking my mom and my sister, like, hey, have you guys ever heard of OT and the occupation? And they're like, we love our occupational therapists. Like, <laughs> they're so wonderful. They're an essential part of the team. And, you know, just started talking about it with them. And then the rest is history. So that's where I kicked it into gear. And that's where I put my my focus in. And, you know, initially earned my degree um, in, in occupational therapy, went on to get a job and had a very, very good job, was able to, you know, quickly climb the ranks from like a line staff to then become a coordinator to then, then becoming a director. Um, but, you know, at the same time, moving through my profession, you know, I'm hearing people, this is Dr. So-and-so, this is Dr. So-and-so. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to be the best. Like, I want to be the top of my field, right? Mm -hmm. So I went back to school, okay? And then got my doctorate degree from um, USC Trojan. Fight on hey. all my Trojans that may be listening. Um, and not knowing that that just opened up so many doors, like having that doctorate degree behind my name. I had no clue that I was going to get into academia, but that opened the door for me to become a professor, right? Later down mm -hmm. the which then I'm, I'm teaching and I'm doing all of this and I'm loving being in, in the classroom with the students and growing the future therapists of the, of the future. Then that opened up a door for me to become Dean and then to run the entire program after my predecessor um, decided to, to move to the, to the East coast. Um, and then, so, so that's kind of like the trajectory, right? So coming in as a therapist and then moving, you know, forward. And then fast forward, you know, I'm like, what's next? Like, what, 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 <laughs> next what, challenge. what's next? What's the next challenge? What's the next thing? And, you know, real estate always interests me. And then I, an opportunity opened up where I was able to, to go to school and to take the exam and to pass it on the first time and become a, a licensed um, realtor. So now I have my own, right? This is now my own business. Nobody that I report to, no one that is, you know, it, it's, it's my business. And so mm -hmm. I, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, it's wonderful. As a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to um, close on a house in, in a few, in a few short weeks that I'm very, very excited about. And I, and I love helping clients, whether they're buyers or whether they're sellers or investors, right? That want mm -hmm. to do that type of thing. And then let's move forward a little bit more. You know, the YouTube bug hit me. And so now I'm a, a content creator and I have my own, you know, segment, like I said, the Wednesday wind down and I love it. So now I'm having like these wine 
companies and these wine owners kind of reach out to me and you know to want to be featured on the show which is then now Mikey leading me down to want to start my own wine label so I'm sitting here sending all of these wines and I'm drinking these these people wines and I'm like why I'm not cracking open a a Willis Sauvignon Blanc or why am I not Mm. opening up a Willis Pinot Noir or whatever I want to call it right Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's just now opening up the next chapter so now I'm having conversations with these winemakers like how did you do it how did you get started like where do I need to own I don't need to own a vineyard to have my own label right but I make these connections and I so it's just all of these different things that are just opening up and I'm, I'm just very excited about it but yeah, that's 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 kind of like how I've moved throughout my career. But you know, want to make sure that I never just had one stream of income, right? Even right. though you know the income's great, but why not have another stream where you're now building like generational wealth, right? If yeah. I started a wine label, that's something that I can pass down to my kids, right? To run, mm-hmm. to have, to own. My real estate business, opening up a brokerage, that's now something that I can pass down to my kids to have and to own. So this this is this is this is kind of like what well, my goal and I know the the future is bright and I'm just very excited about all the possibilities that are that are that are happening right now. Man, that's deep, man. I I, I can totally imagine me sipping on some Campbell Cabernet. You know hey, what I mean? <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. I you love know it. what I mean? Yeah. You know, keep yeah. keep 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 daddy in there, but then also yeah. too, you know, I know you got what is it? She got the keys. Is that what it is? She got the keys. Yeah, she got the keys. That's my that's my Instagram um handle. And you know, to all of like I said, for people that's looking to buy, sell, and invest, mm-hmm. got the keys. If you're looking for, like I said, professionalism, timeliness. Um, you know, a, a realtor with integrity that's going to move and be able to negotiate the, the highest price and to get the best for you. That's mm-hmm. what I do. And that's what I love. I can dig it. This is yeah. dope. This is so edifying to my spirit. I'm glad I'm doing this for Women's Heritage Month because we have a lot of women or young ladies who need to hear this. Yeah. And then we also have a lot of men who need to understand this. And then yeah. it, it's even better for women in our age group who are still trying to teetering defense of what they should do and understanding entrepreneurship is a, is a strong avenue that they can tap into to, and to not be afraid and, yeah. and want to say like, oh, but I have kids. Oh, but I have this. Oh, but I have that. There's always ways of finding that time. Actually, I want to find out. Let, let's get into that. Uh-huh. Being that you jumped into all these different avenues and you're able to navigate and, uh, and move, how, how do you manage the time? To yeah. do all these different things and still be a great wife and, and, and mm-hmm. a great mother. How is everybody has 24 hours a day? Yeah. How are you yeah. able to manage all of that? Yeah, you know what? It's like where where there is a will, there's a way, right? So, you know, I'm not I'm not one, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not one that's gonna wake up at five or four o'clock, <laughs> you know, <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. I like my sleep. I enjoy my sleep. I've always been that way. Um, there's nothing gonna change at this point. <laughs> But what I, I know that about myself. So what I need to do is I need to make up things on on the back end, right? So it's like you know if if I'm usually during the week. I'm talking about from like a nine to five and nine. That's like devoted towards me being a dean, right? Making sure that my students have everything that they need, my faculty, um, et cetera. 
the evening hours are typically when I am like writing up contracts for my clients for real estate and during the weekend, right? That's when all the open houses are being held anyway. So I'm able to navigate my time that way. But like I said, you know, being a realtor, it, it, it's it's like my time, right? So it's it's how I want to to utilize my time. So I do work, but at the end of the day, I make sure that, you know, my kids have everything, you know, that they need and that I'm I'm there and I'm available for them. Um, but like I said, it's all about time management, right? Being able to prior prioritize, create to-do lists to be able to to move in a way where you're not giving too much time to any one thing. So you're able to do everything that you have on your list. And I actually have a, a video up right now on my YouTube that's eight ways to improve your time time management. And these are things that I do on a daily basis, on a daily basis to make sure that I'm able to be effective and to, and to do everything that I need to do. Wow. So once again, y'all, y'all got to subscribe. What is the name of that YouTube link right now? Um, the doctor's orders is my channel, but you could just type in at Dr. Stacy Willis and it'll pop up. Perfect. And then how do they find you on IG? On IG is uh, she got the keys. She got the keys. (laughs) Oh, that's what I'm talking about. See y'all now y'all get why I am who I am is because I have a lot of strong women in my family that's helped build me up to being this point. And that's why I'm always been such a strong women advocate because of the fact I was raised by all these strong women. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm raising one that just kind of added the fuel to the fire, but 100% and she's going to be a powerhouse. (laughs) It's got all these aunties. Got all these aunties, grandma. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Stacy Willis, my yes. cousin. I love you so much. I love you too. I love, I love you. you so much. I'm so glad you came on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you. All right. My pleasure. Anytime I'm here, you, I'm just a phone call away. Amen. Go ahead and do all those money. You got like at least three more things to do or four yeah. more things to do. I got, get a off 4, here. got a 4 p.m. meeting right now. Exactly. Exactly. So appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much. Y'all been listening to The Time Is Now. Have a great day. Bye. We do not have the rights to this music.
ride from weddings with bands on Head in the sand one, getting our tan on Girl, you must be forgetting your man's long Most tuxes, I had trouble getting the pants on And I know things run through your head when your man's on I come home, how you say, better than Cameron You upsetting they plans on, getting they chance on Getting they hands on, F.A.B. It's Friday, so I'm gonna keep it black, but I'm gonna keep it brief. I'm just saying, if it was me, I wouldn't let my girl go out like that. Shut the f up. The boys are mad about Sierra. I'm gonna keep it real brief today. During Oscars weekend, Sierra went viral for a dress that had her buns out. They were covered in fishnets, but the buns were definitely out, and that's her business. And not even her man's business. And the difference between y'all and Russell Wilson is that he knows that. And what's more, he knows that the aspect of letting a woman do anything is archaic. Here's what happened. Not Muck! On Sunday, Vanity Fair hosted their annual after party, and the people showed up and showed out in either sheer, their revealing, and or flattering silhouettes. Why? Because the theme was old Hollywood barely there. Seemed like a lot of y'all not reading to me. So while Sierra was not only on theme, but just being very comfortable in her body, Quite a few men and women. Pick me! Girl, is that you? Took to the internet to discuss how out of line she was and that she was just looking for attention. So there are a few things at play here. Chiefly Massage Noir. We've talked about it before. A term coined by Moya Bailey that refers to the specific hatred, dislike, distrust, and prejudice directed at the distinctive intersection of being black and being a woman. It's a unique brand of bullshit developed specifically to throw black women under the bus and then run on over to the wolves. And I just want to ask y'all something. Why is it that instead of building forts around black women in efforts to protect them from the ops, y'all literally make a hole and direct the ops right to them? Because hunters Schaefer, Shay Mitchell, Haley Steinfeld, Kendall Jenner, Alessandra Ambrosio, all show up on theme, but y'all call Sierra a $2 hoe? That would imply that black bodies are inherently negative. That black women's bodies in particular should not be exposed because they can only exist in a suggestive context. That sensuality and sex appeal cannot coincide with civilization or high fashion. Cause y'all know damn well if someone showed up in that dress and some chicken cutlets, y'all wouldn't have had nothing to say and move right along. But this is a man's world! It's giving insert colonization religion here. However, this isn't just a conversation about learned behaviors from white people and white Christians disparaging black women for centuries making cases for the godless deception that exists on black women's hips and the de-evolution that takes place between their thighs. Imploring our women in their girlhood not to become the Jezebels that lured good white men out of their beds and into the slave quarters. Even well into the 20th century, black women's bodies remain synonymous with sexual deviancy. So when we engage in collectively shaming black women for their bodies, we are also revealing the defense and or coping mechanisms developed within our own community to prevent that type of attention. For the purposes of colonization and establishing dominance, black women were, as Bell Hooks would say, reduced to spectacle, as in put on display. And I'm talking beyond the exhibition of Sarah Bartman and other hot and tight Venuses like her, black women's bodies have been continuously used as scenes of subjection where other people's control and narratives, black or white, have been projected upon them like a screenplay. So the crux of this conversation is really about agency. When a person is said to have agency, it means they know how to exercise a certain level of autonomy. And given our history, all women, but black women especially, regardless of how they choose to present themselves, should be able to do so without critique, as long as they ain't hurting nobody. Even feminist icons across the spectrum have different thoughts on this. Bell Hooks? Not going for it. While she praises capturing women's sexuality, to her, Sears act would have been for 
for the male gaze, period. And that's her business. Audrey writes that the erotic is powerful. Josephine Baker would have asked her to borrow the outfit. But many of us have been socialized to believe that we should only be sexual on men's terms. And the discourse would suggest that women who belong to other men shouldn't be naked at all. Yet this type of talk leaves out the women who don't like men, period, and it's increasingly boring. The argument has not evolved since the beginning of time because it has nowhere else to go. Using words like out of respect for her man only applies to the people that works for it. And if that's you and yours, that's beautiful. But you can also leave the Sierras alone. Hey y'all, what's up? Now, there's so many ways I can go with this topic. Um, seeing how things have been making the waves and and all the different channels and surfaces, and I'm and it really got me thinking. The thing that got me about this women empowerment, this being Women's Heritage Month, and to see all the judgment to come through on behalf of Sierra, really had me thinking. And I started to pay attention to the senders or to the people tweeting or, or posting about it. And to say it without context, to understand the surroundings, where it's coming from or what's happening, to make it seem as if someone's being what they're not. Because context matters surrounding and space matters so let's, let's say for instance if she's caught at the beach she's actually overdressed for the beach right now if you went to church I got you like whoa they're a little underdressed for church but for that gala it was she was dressed appropriate everything was covered it was giving off the illusion that she was naked but she was not all her private parts were covered if you want to count her cheeks, oh, oh, okay. That's what we doing. Didn't we have Lizzo with her cheeks out at a Lakers game, sitting front row? And we criticized her as well, but she didn't get this nowhere near this kind of backlash. And then people want to bring in and, and, and loop in her husband because he is somebody they're rooting against at every chance because we just hate for someone to come off as greater than or to be perfect. We need, that's never been his thing because of the fact that he's someone who has a good heart and because he puts Christ on his sleeve now we're finding any way we can to tear him down and because she's aligned herself she being Sierra aligns herself with him then she's par for the course weren't we supposed to be praising her or, or celebrating her because of the fact she chose a man who's just a man who allows her to be herself a man who loves her child that's not his, and a man who is the great father to all of their children. See, we seem more comfortable into acknowledging how silly she was to be another one of future's baby mothers. But then we make a lot of jokes later saying that, man, like trying to find ways to tear down Russell Wilson and try to still elevate that of future. What is that about our culture where we feel the need to do that? What is it about our culture that seems to like to tear down what's positive and uplift things that are negative? Why is it put into the media? Why, why are they feel more comfortable with the music industry to promote negative things that are gonna degradate, destroy our culture? Why are those the things that people think of first when they think of black people? They think of aggression, they think of drug dealers, they think of drug users, they think of people who are violent, overtly, they think of people who are criminals. 
And the thing is about us, we tend to glorify those things. It all ties together, people. Because if Taylor Swift wore that, no one would care. Then you would say, oh, well, look who her husband is. She doesn't represent her husband. Her husband seemed just fine with what she was wearing. Because it was place appropriate. The setting was appropriate for that outfit. And let's not pretend like she just had that in her in her closet. She was paid to wear that. Those are all sponsored things. It's part of her profession. It's part of the field she's in. So why all this judgment from those who want to judge, from those who are not even ones who are believers? Because if you understood scripture, you would say, judge now, you too will be judged. You leave that to Christ. You leave that to Yahweh, to God, to the Almighty. That is not your place to do so because by doing so, you're out of line. So then it's interesting that people want, that's what the devil does. The devil will sit there and try to take scriptures, flip it, and use them against you. You guys, without knowing, you're following the walks of your father, of your leader. You're worshiping the devil by doing so. You think she's doing it, maybe, but you are definitely doing it. Sometimes you got to sit back and just try to think about what you're saying and what you're doing and how you're doing it. Being this is Women Heritage Month, I see more women posting online that are hating on Sierra. And there have been women online hating on Sierra every chance they could when they could do so. The people who hate on Beyonce the most are black women because there's other black women who praise her. What is it about us we're so quick to try to tear each other down? The first people to hate on Kamala Harris are black women and white men. <laughs> Anytime you align yourself with them, you have to really think close and look at yourselves. See, we've come too far as a people to go ahead and try to allow people to tear each other down. Give each other some grace. I say, if you're my family, I'm going to give you grace just because you're my family first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear you out. I'm going to look at all areas of the spectrum. I'm going to find reasons to say why you're innocent. I'm going to find reasons to say why you're good. You know why? Because we're family. And being that we're only like 12% of this nation, we all have to look at each other like we're family. You know what I like about our culture a lot of times? A lot of black men, as we walk down the street and we know we're the only ones there, we give each other the head nod. We're like, mm, my brother. Black men do that all the time. The one thing I hate, especially when I was younger, and you see other black men and you sit and you gotta look at them and you're afraid of them because you think they, you from this set, you from that set, and where are you coming from and who are you? Why are you looking at me? I used to hate that. Now I'm in my 40s and I don't dress like them, I guess you say you in the, in, in the, in the gangster's uniform. You know, I don't have my khakis in my chucks often. I don't have no flags in my back pocket, so I don't have to worry about people looking at me that way. I'm an OG now. What's up, OG? <laughs> What's up, my brother? Head nods everywhere I go. And that's a very comforting feeling as you walk around the streets and you see another brother, you just give him the head nod. I need more sisters to do that. I need more sisters to see each other like, okay, sis. Now, see y'all doing it in other instances. This is not act like y'all don't do it. Y'all will cape for each other when it's against a man? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Women will definitely pair up with each other when it's against a man. I've seen it. They will, they will find any excuse in the, in the Bible, any excuse they can to say why the woman was right and the man was wrong. Without even hearing the argument, the woman was right until proven otherwise. <laughs> so give each other that grace when it applies to everything else. Because you guys are your own harshest critics. And you're your own worst enemies. Uplift each other, not tear each other down. If you have questions about something, keep that to yourselves. 
especially if you don't know the person keep it to yourself don't put it on front street don't let them see don't let the outside see what the house is doing we're all family and in public in front of our neighbors in front of the public keep everything in house let's not allow them to see us as a community be the first to tear each other down let let's stop calling each other the n-word all the time try to eliminate that from our vernacular so that way they don't feel like comfortable enough to say it there's so many things that we continue to do that's holding us back and there's small things but there's still little things that cripple us when are we going to start to try to find ways to uplift one another try to find ways to praise one another try to find ways to make each other great that's what this is all about that's what this fellowship is all about loving each other unconditionally can you do that i know i can until next time That's it this week, guys. Another great week. Another great show. All right, all right, all right. Really appreciate Dr. Stacy Willis stepping in the building, showing up and showing out. Did her thing. The music choice this week was Forever by Lil Mo and the F-A-D-O-L-O-U-S. Fabulous. Did that thing. Go ahead and give that track some spins. Give that some good listening. Remember, if you like the show, like it. And of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by a spirit that has robbed him for speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Yeshua replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Yeshua, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Yeshua asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or what water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us, help us. If you can't, said Yeshua, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father ex explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Yeshua saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked convulsed him violently and came out the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead but yeshua took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up after yeshua had gone indoors his disciples asked him privately why couldn't we drive it out he replied this kind can come out only by prayer remember spread love share love embrace love for god is love until next time peace mark 9 17 through 29